0: Prophecies foretell the Sixth Trumpet War or World War III will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And it is because of this fact that we will analyze from a much broader perspective the potential Russia-Ukraine conflict and what it could lead to on this edition of End of the Age. afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. Now, of course, we've all got our eye on Russia, Ukraine, NATO, the United States, what all's going on, and even broader than that, even China, Iran, everybody that will come into play here, maybe even Turkey. So what is all of this going to lead to, potentially, if, if this thing kicks off? On Saturday, uh, the Debka file reported that the CIA had intercepted a Russian message to their generals that they were going to invade Ukraine on Wednesday in two days. Now, again, that's Debka file. This morning, Debka headlines read that Russia's Ukraine invasion is ready to go. The military has one month supplies delivered up to them, and Kiev has drawn plans. For the evacuation of three million people, so everybody's watching this. It's on the, the headlines of every major news source. The Jerusalem Post, however, they published an article that really caught my eye because it really goes along with what we teach prophetically. If this situation kicks off, the Jerusalem Post published an article. Could you the Ukraine crisis? lead to a new world order that impacts Israel. I'm telling you guys, when I saw this, I thought, okay, now we're right along the lines of Bible prophecy. I looked through everything through a prophetic lens. And so I wanted to share a few excerpts from this article with you, and then we'll get into the prophecy. Because a lot of people, we've talked about World War III from one prophetic perspective, But I want to talk about it from from that perspective, but along with what will it lead to, the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. And this article goes right along with this. So listen to this. The unfolding Ukraine crisis. It really illustrates how major Western governments are dealing with the chances for a conflict between a near-peer rival of the United States And another large country. How are we responding to things under the Biden administration? And any of you guys that are ladies that follow this at all, you can see that we are coming from everything from a uh, perspective of weakness. The world community is looking at us and laughing because of Joe Biden. His the administration's weakness when they says, "Hey, there's going to be." Huge repercussions if you guys invade Ukraine. How do you think, if you were Vladimir Putin, Putin how would you look at that after Afghanistan and some of the other debacles and our, our uh, southern border? You think uh, Vladimir Putin doesn't recognize all that's going on? So we are seen as, from our administration side, a position of weakness. But in this sense, it's painting a picture of how future conflicts may unfold. It's emboldening our enemies. How the Ukraine crisis is resolved is only one aspect of this. If Russia does invade Ukraine, and if the West does then back Ukraine, it could lead to an escalating conflict very quickly, right? The outcome of that conflict... I'm I'm interested in the conflict... But it's also the outcome of that conflict that matters. Because it, it matters if Russia gets a swift victory or if nothing happens. If we back off and just let them invade, then they're going to think, well, hey, that was pretty easy. Why not take another country, right? Or maybe one of their allies. So this matters to the Middle East. Because the outcome of this Ukraine crisis, if it does kick off, could signal to Iran that it can encourage more proxies, more proxy attacks in the region. A sense of global impunity to invasions and attacks and a perception the U.S.-led world order has fractured and could help enemies of Israel. Now, you understand what we teach, that the United States will not be part of a world governing body in the end time. There are many people in the world that see us slipping off of that, the principal driver of the world or the New World Order, the world government. We've been the principal driver of that since um, 1945. There are many people in the world that see us under the Biden administration slipping off of that pedestal. That's what the Bible says is going to happen, right? So I'm reading this article and I'm thinking, man, this thing is just one thing after another. Well... Why this matters is because even before any shots have been fired, major countries such as China have shown how they will react. And in short, China doesn't seem really concerned. Turkey, which sells drones to the Ukraine but works with Russia and Syria, they don't seem to be very concerned. And Iran doesn't seem to be very concerned. So the article states that the China-Russia-Iran-Turkey authoritarian alliance that often works together to challenge the United States and Western interests is part of an emerging New World Order. And this order emerged largely to challenge the U.S. global hegemony of the 1990s. And it is symbolized by meetings in various forums such as Astana and the process on the Syrian civil war with the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. And the West's response to the Ukraine crisis has largely been one of putting out statements, sending some weapons, and then removing embassy staff. And the messaging is clear. While Russia may receive some tough words and even, even some sanctions, they're not really worried about that. The U.S. and others are rapidly folding up their diplomatic posts in Kiev and moving personnel to Poland and elsewhere. So it appears to give almost a green light to a further crisis. What would you do if you were Vladimir Putin right now? It doesn't exactly instill confidence to see all the foreign diplomatic staff fleeing for the exits, right? In a sense, it acknowledges a fate comply as if the invasion has already happened. So there's the scenario. The potential people vying for a position at the head of the New World Order table. The United States coming off of that pedestal. And what will be the results of all of this? Well, we'll get deep into that from a prophetic perspective on the other side of this break. You won't want to miss it.
1: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
2: Major Internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now, or search Into the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
0: So, from a prophetic perspective, we're talking about World War III. Now, I want to be crystal clear with everybody. I do not know if this Russia-Ukraine situation will kick off and that that would be the war that would lead to World War III, the Sixth Trumpet War. Because of the prophecies of the Bible, and I'll get into that here in just a moment, I look, really look towards the Euphrates River region, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. And I'll, I'm going to prove that in a moment. But there will, I, I know the prophecy will happen. I do not know which conflict will lead to that. Um, But I wanted to share this with you today because what this article was talking about is that there is Russia and Ukraine, but China, Turkey, Iran, all of these nations are watching to see what's going on here. A lot of people, a lot of times in the news we get mesmerized by this conflict, Russia and Ukraine. But you've got to look at this from a big picture, What's happening to the United States as a result of this? What about NATO? What is, what is China, Turkey, Iran, and the other um, allies, what are they learning from this scenario? When Joe Biden says, hey, there's going to be great repercussions, if Russia does invade Ukraine and we do nothing, China's going to say, well, I can do whatever I want. Iran's going to say, I can do whatever I want, right? Because they're all allies, And so, I don't know which conflict it will be that kicks this thing off. But I do know the prophecy's going to happen. And when the Six Trumpet War, on the heels of that, that will be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. Because the world is going to be just shocked out of their mind. They're going to be willing to yield up their sovereignty. The cry for peace will be deafening. And they will be willing to yield up their sovereignty to a one world governing body. So, let's get into it prophetically speaking. Revelation 9, verse 13 through 16. This is the King James Version. And the sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. The four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour a day, a month and a year, for to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen, were 20,0,0 and I heard the number of them. Now the th- even just the thought of one third of the human race being killed doesn't seem possible, does it? However, the King James Version again says to slay the third part of men. The new King James Version says to kill a third of mankind. The, the Good News translation, it says to kill a third of the human race. And then there's the uh, New Living translation that says to kill one third of all the people on the earth. So this war that's coming is going to claim the lives of, with our current global population, what, close to 8 billion, 2.6 to two point seven billion people. Now, I, again, I can't wrap my mind around that. It, nothing like that's ever happened uh, as far as a war. And so I've never even been alive during a world war. But this is 40 times the casualties of World War II, everybody. It's the worst war ever in terms of casualties. World War III is prophesied in the Bible. There's not one-tenth of 1% chance that it's not going to happen. Now, that leads to several questions. I I understand. I'm asking them myself. Where will World War III take place? Revelation 9, 14 talks about the origin of the war. The Bible says, Saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. The angel that John sees are not good angels. Angels, how do we know? Well, they're bound in the great river Euphrates. But when they are loosed, the the, their assignment is to kill one third of mankind. John sees angels in his vision, and these angels were bound in the great river Euphrates. The Euphrates is a river that is located in the Middle East. You know where it's located. It starts in Turkey flows down through Syria, enters into the northern boundary of Iraq, and then empties into the Persian Gulf. Um, The Euphrates River and the Tigris River meet to form the last, probably what, 50 or 60 mile uh, border between Iraq and Iran. So there's four nations here, Turkey, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. The Bible says loose the four angels bound in that river. Uh, the next question: who will be involved in the war? Well, in the new revised standard version of the Bible, Revelation 9:16 says, the number of the troops of cavalry I should say, cavalry, not cavalry <laughs> of cavalry, was 200 million. And I heard, the, I heard their number. There are three entities on the planet that can field an army of 200 million soldiers. China, India, of course the Islamic faction um, on the earth. And so one or, maybe one or more of those entities sh- will for sure participate in this war. The United States will likely be involved in World War III. I mean, look at it. We're involved in just about every conflict in the Middle East. Beyond that, the United States of America does have the nuclear power to kill 2.6 billion people. It takes a lot of armaments to slay 2.6 billion. Um, and, and I know I'm throwing these numbers out there, and I don't want to seem callous to it, because I don't even, honestly, I don't want it to happen. I know it's going to happen, because it's prophesied, and the prophecies always come to pass. I wish it was not the case. But it's the biggest war the world has ever known in terms of casualties killed. The biggest war we've ever known is 52 millions. Think about that. World War III will be about 40 times more destructive than World War II. So there's no doubt that it would be a a nuclear conflict. And you know that Vladimir Putin is willing to use nukes. And if he was ever to throw one off, you can imagine the United States would too. And then here we go. The United States and Russia control 90% of the world's nuclear arsenal. The world will never be the same after this war. Look at how World War II has affected us. World War II ended in 1945. And we're still affected by World War II. Today, and so that leads to the next question. Then, when will World War Three happen? Now, um, this is kind of a controversial um, position because some people believe that World War Three and the Battle of Armageddon is the same war. Some people believe it happens at the just prior to the seventh trumpet. So, when does the war occur? Well, the Great Tribulation begins, if you understand a timeline of Daniel's 70th week, that final seven-year period. The Great Tribulation begins three and one-half years. Well, so the the final seven-year period ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ and the Battle of Armageddon, okay? That's the end of the final seven years. The Great Tribulation begins three and one-half years before the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So according to Scripture, this Six-Trumpet War that we're talking about, it's not the Battle of Armageddon. That happens at the end of the final seven years. According to Scripture, this Six-Trumpet War will happen sometime before the Great Tribulation. Remember, Great Tribulation, the final three and one-half years... It will happen before that. Now, I, I understand a lot of people say that, well, I thought the Great Tribulation was seven years before the Battle of Armageddon. But that is a mistaken notion. Scripture explicitly states that the Great Tribulation will last for three and one-half years. If you go to um, Daniel Daniel seven twenty five. It tells us that the little horn, the Antichrist, makes war against the saints for time, times, and half a time. A time is one year, times is two years, and half a time is half a year. So we know that's true because another prophecy says the exact same thing, but it states it in a different way. Uh, if you look in reference to the Antichrist in, over in Revelation thirteen five. It says, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him, the Antichrist, to continue 42 months. So in Daniel 7.25, it says time, times, and half a time. In Revelation 13.5, it says 42 months. These are all three and one half years. Furthermore, in... um, Back in Revelation 12, 6, we're told that the dragon makes war with the woman or the the, the woman with 12 stars around her head in in Revelation 12 is Israel. So the dragon will make war with the Israel, how long? 1260 days. So let's do the math. 1260 days, three and one half years. Every time we see a, and, and 42 months, three and one half years. So every time we see a time period attached to the Great Tribulation, the reign of the Antichrist, it's always, every time, three and one-half years, right? There is a final seven-year period, but the final seven-year period is not the Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation only lasts the final three and one-half years of that. Okay? Okay. And I know a lot of you guys are teaching Bible studies and Sunday school classes and you're, you're trying to get all this stuff figured out. And if you, if, if you come at it from the um, position that the, there's, a, there's a final seven years of Great Tribulation, then what, what Jesus talked about when, about when the abomination of desolation were to occur, you're going to have that happening at the beginning. And I mean, it's going to be a mess. And then you would have, you would have the peace agreement occurring three and a half years before the final seven years. I mean, you see what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you get all these times right here. Even Jesus talked about when the abomination of, desol- of desolation would occur. He said, And when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet in Daniel nine twenty seven, when you see that stand in the holy place, that's where it's going to occur, Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then he said, then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. And in verse 21, why why do they need to flee? Out of Judea, out of the modern day West Bank. In verse 21 he says, for then shall be great tribulation. So it starts with the abomination of desolation, right? Then will be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. That's Matthew 24, 15 down through 21. So Jesus was telling us that the great tribulation begins at the abomination of desolation. And furthermore, in Daniel 9, 27, we're told that the abomination of desolation happens halfway through that final seven-year period. So you got a final seven-year period. Halfway into that, the abomination of desolation occurs. Then Jesus told us in Matthew 24 for Jews that once that abomination of desolation occurs, let them which be in Judea flee, for then would be great tribulation. How long? Time, times, and half a time? 42 months or 1260 days. That final three and one half years. So every place in Scripture where the time period of the great tribulation is mentioned, it lasts for three and one half years. Yes, there is a seven year period, but the first half of the seven year period is not tribulation. It's simply the the building up to the final three and one half years called the Great Tribulation. It's when Israel's rebuilding her third temple, resuming sacrifices and things like that. Now, the next question then, well, how, you know, a lot of, a lot of people would say that, that this sixth trumpet war happens at right there before the seventh trumpet. So how do we know that this war, this sixth trumpet war happens before this great tribulation, before that final three and one half years begins? Well, the prophecy concerning the Sixth Trumpet War is given in Revelation chapter 9 verse 13 down to about 20. Then you move into Revelation chapter 10 and John is writing about the beginning of the great tribulation. Remember uh, Revelation 10, 1 and 2, um, John said, And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with the cloud, and a rainbow was on his head. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as pillars of fire. And he had in his hand a little book open. And he set his right hand, uh, his right foot upon the sea, and his left foot upon the earth. Now, this prophecy is recorded twice in the Bible both times it indicates that this is the event that marks the beginning of the great tribulation. But in Revelation um, chapter 10 if you continue down to verses 5 and 6 it continues on here. And I'm coming up to a break so we're going to have to pick this up on the other side. I don't want to cut this part in half because this is very important. But If you want to watch the rest of this program, just go to endtime.com. You can hear the rest of it it if the radio station or whatever only picks up the first 30 minutes because you're going to want to hear the rest of this about the timing.
3: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, End Time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: Okay, now I'm down to Revelation 10, verses 5 and 6. The Bible says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lifted up his hand to heaven, and he swore by him that liveth forever and ever. Remember that term. Who created heaven, and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. Now, the King James Version says there should be time no longer. However, we know that's not the accurate translation because when you move into chapter 11 and it mentions another three and a half years, remember we're talking about um, the beginning of the Great Tribulation here. So it mentions another three and a half years when it talks about uh, measure the temple but don't measure the outer court because it'll be trodden down the Gentiles for 42 months. And the, um, the two witnesses, that they will be given power uh, for, by the Lord to prophesy different things for 1260 days. So it's, it's be, the beginning of the Great Tribulation here. And then later on in the book of Revelation, it talks about another 1,000 years. So we know it's not the end of time here, the end of the world, or that time has ceased. The, the 1,000 years, uh, Revelation 20, verse 4 through 6. So when it says there should be time no longer, it really means there will be delay no longer. And all the translations agree with that. It's simply saying that we have reached a crossroads here. We've reached a turning point. So after this, in Revelation chapter 11, then we're given a prophecy about the Jewish temple, the third Jewish temple, and... The text says that the temple will be trodden down by the Gentiles for that 42-month period. Then, of course, the two witnesses begin their last 1260 days, the three and a half years. So that gives us a time frame here, right? So there is an angel standing one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, declaring that delay shall be no longer. And then immediately we move into the final 42 months. So both of these passages indicate from the time the angel stands one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, that that begins the final three and a half years. So we know that's the great tribulation. Remember all the times the Bible talks about the Antichrist and the great tribulation. Time, time times, half a times, 42 months, 1260 days. So we're talking about the same thing here. So now let's bring in this six trumpet war. And the World War III in chapter 9. Remember, we were just in 10. So you got the beginning of the Great Tribulation in chapter 10. Then the final three and one-half years begins in 11. And Revelation chapter 11 culminates with the sounding of the seventh trump, which is the last trump. And verse 15 says, "...the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ." And this event is also recorded in the Old Testament. The angel standing one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, and the Great Tribulation. This is talked about back in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter twelve. And I want you to notice carefully um, the similarities here with Daniel twelve and Revelation ten. The Bible says uh, this would be Revelation. Or, I'm sorry, Daniel twelve one. And at the time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the people of the children of thy people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as was not since the uh there ever was a nation, even to that time. Now we're talking about the great tribulation here. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And the Bible says when so Um, When Jesus is describing the great tribulation, he said, There shall be great tribulation such as was not before, nor ever again shall be. That's the same thing that Daniel wrote about here. Daniel's describing a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. So Daniel's talking about the great tribulation here. Then in Daniel Twelve six through 7 Daniel writes, And no one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, remember, Uh, back in Revelation 10, that same phrase, that it shall be for a time, time, and half, the the final three and one half years, and when he shall have a company to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So Revelation chapter 10 describes this same event that is recorded in Daniel 12, 6 and 7. And when he, the Antichrist, shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. So we're seeing then that this six-trumpet war will begin in Revelation 9, kill one-third of the human race, then, after a period of time, the Great Tribulation will begin. Now, we do not know how far before the Great Tribulation, this war will happen. It could happen two years before the Great Tribulation begins, four or five years. I I do not know. The Bible does not tell us. But, however, we can have an understanding of how these events are going to happen. We know that the Six Trumpet War happens and then either just before or just after that, there will be a peace agreement in the Middle East. Again, I wish I could answer that question because the Bible doesn't tell us whether it happens before or after the peace agreement. The Bible calls the agreement the confirmation of the covenant, Daniel 9.27. And when the peace agreement takes place, which clears the way for the final borders of Israel to be established and the temple mount to be placed under an international control, opening the way for a temple to be built, then we know that marks the beginning of that final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon and the second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. So, uh, um, if if I could just go through a quick timeline here, because I, I, I want to kind of give you a scenario, and then uh, because I want you to I want you to know why I'm talking about it today and why it was so important that I bring up some of these articles about Russia. Crimea, and and this article from the Jerusalem Post that was talking about Russia and China and this Turkey alliance and this Russia-Ukrainian thing, will it result in a, a new New World Order type situation? So, and that the United States was kind of sliding off of the pedestal of the global leader of this New World Order because not of a position of strength which is what President Trump was pulling us out of world government. But a Joe Biden, I thought when Joe Biden came in the office, I thought, well, here we go, right back into world government. And that's what he did. But you can see how because of the weak, our, our position of weakness in the world, because of our administration. Now, I want you to, to understand something. I am not referring to our military as weak. Our military is awesome. And I am so thankful for our military and every young man and young lady that's in there serving today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. When I say we're in a position of weakness, I'm not talking about the military. Because we have some bad people in the military, folks. We got an awesome military. However, I'm talking about the Biden administration, the leadership at the top. Most of the world is seeing us as a position of weak now because of them. And so, uh, if I could go through a quick timeline, the the so we've got this six trumpet war. We've got the international peace agreement for the the Middle East that is confirmed, and then shortly thereafter, within that first three and one and a half year period, the Jews build their temple, and it looks like it will happen uh, within that three and one half year, the first three and one half year period, because they're going to resume sacrifices and different things. Uh, so it has to be during that final, that first three and one half years. The Bible says in two or three different places, specifically uh, Revelation chapter 11 and 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that Israel will build her third temple on the Temple Mount. Once the temple is built, the Jewish people will begin animal sacrifices again. I've got a huge article coming out in this March-April edition that it talks about the red heifer and everything historically, why they need a red heifer, what's going on now. Um, and you, so it'll explain to you all about the red heifer, what's going on scripturally, what's going on now historically and everything. So the Bible teaches the Antichrist will then, once the sacrifices start, the Antichrist is going to cause the sacrifice to cease and the oblation to stop, and he will cause the daily sacrifices to cease. And this is prophesied at least three times in the Bible. And then he not only will cause the sacrifice to cease, but he will assert his authority on the Temple Mount. And by this time, the Temple Mount will be placed under an internationally uh, international control, which already is being proposed by the U.S. government and some of them some people in different in the international community. And they've already said, "Hey, the way to solve the argument over the control of Jerusalem and the control of the Temple Mount, just place it under a international control." Well, that's apparently going to happen because in the middle of all the chaos and conflict, the Bible says the Antichrist will stand on the Temple Mount. And say, hey, I'm in charge here. I'm the ultimate authority. And the Bible has a special name for that event. It's called the abomination of desolation. Because Almighty God said that he would place his name in Jerusalem. Many, many times in the Old Testament, like almost 40 times. And on the Temple Mount. And when the Antichrist stands there, usurping the place of the real Christ... And when Satan inserts himself in the place of Almighty God, the Bible repeatedly calls that event the abomination of desolation. The Bible says the abomination of desolation is when the Antichrist will be revealed. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But not to the whole world. Most of the world will never know he's the Antichrist. But to those people who walk with God and who understand the prophecies of the Bible... Hey, we're going to know, right? I'm going to be standing up on this desk screaming, this guy's the Antichrist. I can't do that now. But I promise you, I've told people I was going to do cartwheels up George Bush Highway here, and I I don't know if I would do that, but I will be standing up on this desk. Okay? Because I do not want you to follow after that guy. He's going to be revealed. There will come a time when we can say, this guy's the Antichrist. So there's the Antichrist. Now, remember, we're talking about the six Trumpet War and what this would lead to, potentially. That's the one world leader that's going to perpetrate the great tribulation on this world. Now, when the Antichrist, the um, abomination of desolation occurs, remember what Jesus said. When you see the abomination of desolation occur, then it's going to be great tribulation such as which has never been before or never again shall be. When the great tribulation begins, that's when the mark of the beast is going to be instituted. That's that final three and one half years. There's not going to be seven years of the mark of the beast. You can't have the mark of the beast until the beast comes on the scene. So it's going to be that final three and one half year period. And this is how things are going to play out. I'm talking about the results of this war that's coming and the Antichrist. Now, when the mark of the beast is doled out during the final three and one-half years, that's when every person on earth is going to be forced to pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and its one world governing system. The the majority of the people on the earth, I should say. That's when everybody is going to have to take a mark or a number that they will need in order to buy or sell. That's going to go on for three and one-half years, the great tribulation period, the reign of the Antichrist. Remember, Revelation 13, 5, power was given unto the beast to continue 42 months, and all of it will finally culminate at the Battle of Armageddon. Now, a- a- another question I need to answer. Will World War III occur before or after the Middle East Peace Agreement is signed? So I'm going to give you a scenario here, and then I'm going to give you some speculation Um, and and you'll see as we go along here, I just want to make sure, and I'll let you know when I'm speculating. We know that the Bible, again, gives us a prophecy with a date on it. We will never give a date, but the Bible does. When that final seven-year kicks off, I'll be on the radio and television, me and Doug and Vince, and I'll be writing articles saying, folks, we are in it, and I'm going to be sending a magazine to Israel, and all that stuff's going to happen. You guys, most of you know what's going to happen there. I'll be covering it in great detail in the future. So this prophecy will be the confirmation of the Abrahamic covenant. There's going to, and again, the peace agreement between the international community and Israel probably participated in by the Palestinians. Matter of fact, we can say beyond all doubt. And when this is concluded, it will place the Temple Mount under a sharing arrangement, placing it under international control. Now... When that agreement is concluded, the Bible says there's seven years left till the Battle of Armageddon. Now, the big question is, will this war that kills one-third of the mankind, World War III, will that happen before the peace agreement or after the peace agreement? Now, I think, and again, I am speculating. I want you to know that right up front. And my father-in-law, we always speculated that the war knowing the geopolitical situation what's going on what will happen once it's this agreement signed and they start building their temple we have always speculated that the war would happen before the peace agreement now again that's an opinion we do not teach that as fact it's an opinion because it is hard it has been hard for us to imagine that we'll see 2.6 billion people slaughtered at the same time there's a peace agreement and then they're building the third temple in Israel. They resume sacrifices. The Antichrist is coming to power. So it is always, it's been hard to us to wrap our mind around that. So I speculate to you today, my opinion, that this war will happen just before all of that occurs. Now, again, that's my opinion. The peace agreement could happen and then the war kicks off and then, you know, I just, we never have, I never have been able to believe that would happen because it's going to be a time in peace in Israel. And would, you know, would World War Three be going on? It's always been our opinion that in the wake of the war, that there's going to be such an incredible cry for peace. I mean, can you imagine? billion dead. And there's such an incredible cry for peace on the earth that the Middle East peace will be ushered right in. That the world leaders would, I mean, imagine. So we got World War III kicks off. And I can see the leader of the world, the leaders, I should say, collectively of the world say, look, I don't care what you say, Israel, Palestine, we've had enough of this nonsense. We're going to destroy everything on the earth if we ever, if we, if we ever do this again. So we got to make peace. And Israel, Palestine, you're going to make peace. I, it doesn't matter anymore. Get over your conflict. You're going to make a peace. And all of a sudden, the Antichrist is going to be involved in getting a peace agreement signed. There will be Nobel Peace Prizes awarded. It will be it's un- un- unprecedented. Finally, because a lot of the international community believes that Israel and Palestine is the key to peace in the Middle East. Now, I know that that's simply not the case because a lot of the... the Palestine wants to drive Israel off into the sea. Iran wants to drive Israel off into the sea. Israel's never going to totally comply with the Antichrist and his edicts. So that's why the Battle of Armageddon is going to happen. But you can imagine here, all of a sudden, the Antichrist comes to power on the entrance ramp of 2.6 billion dead. There's a cry for peace. This man comes and says, I've got the answers. He's going to get the Israelis and the Palestinians, he and others. The Bible says he will confirm a covenant with many, but he's going to get the Israelis and Palestinians to sign a peace agreement, and he's going to take control, and most of the world is going to think it's a wonderful thing. Hey, Peace at last. The, the, the nations of the world will yield up their sovereignty to this world-governing body. But at this time, he's only going he's to appear as just a politician, like the Antonio Guterres, the current Secretary General of the United Nations. He's just going to be a politician, one of the leading politicians from Europe. We will not know who he is specifically until he's revealed three and a half years in. But the stage is being set all the time because he was the one. He and his compadres were the ones that got the peace agreement signed between the Israelis and Palestinians. So imagine in the world, everything's upside down. You think COVID turned everything upside down. Waiter, there's a war that kills a third of the world's population. Nobody's going to know where to turn, right? What, What do we do? The structures of the world will be shaken And the United States will probably be regarded as a nation possibly responsible for most of the fatalities because we've got so many nuclear weapons. It could be some of Russia too as well. So what's the world going to look like? Well, believe it or not, there's a prophecy in the Bible that tells us what it's going to look like. It's in Revelation chapter 13, right? We've talked about it many, many times. The one world government. Now, at this point, we would be three and a half years into. Now, now the, the world government's being established right now. The United Nations is the seat of that world government. I just looked today at a long list of all uh, many of the entities that at work under the United Nations to govern the planet, the World Health Organization, World Trade Organization, International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, all of these different, they're all tied in together, folks. They're not trying to govern the United States or Russia or China or Israel. They're they're designed to govern the planet. It's the International Monetary Fund, not the Texas Monetary Fund or the United States Monetary Fund. It's the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank. This is a world government. Being established, and it's casting a giant cobweb around the world. And they want the United States. You want to know what's going on right now in the United States? Uh, Man, I didn't think I would talk about this today, but I'm doing a lot of research right now. The Sustainable Development Goals, are World Government 101. That's their socialistic blueprint to govern the world. How are they implementing that in our businesses and around the world? If you listen to Glenn Beck or some of these other guys, they're talking about ESG, Environmental Social Justice Governance, ESG. Most of the big companies, corporations on the planet, BlackRock, um, I mean, Toyota, all these giant companies, Vanguard, all these big investment firms, they're all caught up in this. Go to their websites. Look up their ESG reporting. And they will show you how they're being compliant with environmental, social justice, governance. You say, well, what's that got to do with world government? Because I read a Forbes article. I've got it pulled up on my computer right here. I was just reading it before I come on the, on the air. You want to read it? Go read a Forbes article called ESG and Sustainability in Business, A New Way Forward. There, there, there are hundreds of these articles. This is the one I was reading, and it was saying that there are 17 sustainable development goals, the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern the planet, and then it says, but we have three key areas. They've narrowed all of them down to three key focus areas that that are being implemented in these major, I'm talking about trillions and trillions of dollars here that are being implemented, and this is the way they're supposed to report back go go to blackrock right now the the company blackrock and you can see their esg uh reporting they've got it right there on the front and it's and so the key focus areas are environmental social or social justice and governance these big giant corporations they're implementing the sustainable development they've narrowed the 17 down into three major categories and all these big corporations are having to answer, how are we implementing the Sustainable Development Goals through ESG? Glenn Beck's talking about it on just about every other program, what they're trying to do. And he said, he's, Glenn Beck is saying, hey, pull your money out of all these big things and put them in uh, local banks and co- credit unions. And, I mean, he's going crazy. Well, I don't agree with everything Glenn Beck says, but he's hitting the nail on the head on this thing. What is it? He doesn't look at it. Glenn Beck doesn't look at it from a prophetic perspective. He's looking at it totally from secular. I'm looking at it from, I know there's a world government being established as we speak, folks. And I'll, once I once I get all this stuff under my belt, I've got the sustainable development goals. I didn't know until recently how it all tied in with ESG and what all, what they're all doing. I'm telling you what, this thing is so corrupt, it's unbelievable. And there's so much corruption going on. I mean people telling lies and just corruption like it's just a normal thing. And I'm telling you, everybody's gonna, everybody will face God someday and give an account for all the mess they've done in this world. And man, I mean, I feel sorry for some of these people that will stand before God one day and have to give an account. Man, I didn't realize I was going to talk about all that. But it's world government 101. So we're reading about world government uh, being established right now. And this passage in Revelation 13, you understand that it's Revelation 13, 1 through 3. It talks about a beast that John saw that had uh, seven heads and ten horns, had a body of a leopard, the feet of the bear, the mouth of the lion, the ten horns of the 10 horn kingdom. The Bible says once its deadly wound was healed that all the world wondered after the beast. And it's a world-governing body. And, and the Bible says Satan gave him his seat, power, and great authority. All of this is tying in. So this Six Trumpet War scenario, when I saw this article today in Jerusalem Post, and it said something about, will the Ukraine situation bring, bring about with Russia and Ukraine and China and uh, Turkey and Iran and all these different players coming in lead to a New World Order type situation? I'm sitting there going, you've got to be kidding me. And then they talk about the United States sliding off that pedestal of a world governing, uh, the leader of the world government And I thought, man, somebody's been reading their Bible or something because this stuff is playing out. Now, again, I do not know if the Russia-Ukraine conflict will be the one that sets this thing off. But there will come a time when there's a World War III scenario, the Six Trumpet War, Revelation 9, verse 13 through 16. And once that war occurs, that's going to be the entrance ramp for the Antichrist. He's going to come in on a platform of peace come in on a platform of flattery, giving away everything free. He's going to be given a Nobel Peace Prize, maybe. And that will be the entrance ramp to his usurping authority over the world governing body.
4: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information,